Somebody asked me a question, which I'm not going to answer. But, um, I'll tell you what I told them. So they asked me, um, considering the anti-Semitism which is going on here in America, should they get a gun? Or how to use a gun? Should they get a gun? I got this question four times in the last seven days. Matzah ben Eretz Yisrael is the, the matzah which is and the matzah which will be is tremendously scary. They're taking young men and young women and putting them in arguably one of the most dangerous places in the world. People who, who uh, hate them and their biggest normal life will be to die and to take down as many Jews as possible with them. Uh, they're not afraid, not afraid of that, because I don't know. And we daven. And we daven. I don't know how the version works, whether whether trillers are working or not, but it seems to me that our trillers are working. The amount of casualties, well, they know there's been uh, three casualties. That's horrible. There's only been three casualties. There should have been hundreds. And tefillahs are being affected. How do you attend the tefillahs? Keep going, that's a challenge. But we spoke about two weeks ago, three weeks ago, before the high school, and I mentioned this about Two weeks ago, um, we have to focus on that, but that's not the focus. The Russian was doing something for a reason. The reason isn't just tefillah. The reaction to the situation is tefillah. The Russian is putting Kleister on the Mount of Sakona. He's asking for something other than tefillah. He's asking us to wake up from our complacency and change. He's asking for tshuva. Rambam, when he talks about Esorah, when he talks about the Chiyot of Yizoyik, when Rambam talks about the Chiyot of Tshuva. So, keeping the Zeoka going, the Chiyot of Maria, all of that is a challenge. But that's only half of the picture. And um, the other half of the picture is what I want to try and focus on now. So why am I, so um, I'm answering the question. When the was in Tells, so the dorm had a men's mikvah in the dorm. Why is a men's mikvah in the dorm a Tells Yeshiva, a bastion of, of Litvox? Um, well, later there was, a, there, was a, there was a fire in the dormitory in 1963. And to Barcham and Nifter, Avram Shlomo Glick, and Yakovis of Yudav, two youngest Barcham of the Yeshiva, two high school boys. Nifter. They built a new dorm, as they built a new dorm. So at that point in time, the present day Munkachu Rebbe, the present day Spinker Rebbe, 
and one of the Kamarna Rebbe is 8 o'clock, and a few other Hasidim were learning in Tel Zeshiva. And there's no mikvah for men in Tel Zeshiva. They would take a van or a Shabbos to go to where the community was. She was out, of the, out away from the community. Their music was to go to the mikvah every single day. So the speaker Rebbe's father, you know, the Rebbe's father came to the Ramokra camps and said, if they're building a dormer, they should put a mikvah in the dorm. Uh, Ramotha Katz was not necessarily felt that they needed to do that. He says, he'll cover the cost of putting a mikvah in the dorm. He says, okay. So there's a mikvah in the dorm in Tel Zeshiva, and there's a sign over there, but it's, you know, I, remember, I never really read the whole sentence. It's Chakal Yitzchak Kuspinka, something like Chakal Yitzchak Kuspinka, Yonishmas, etc. The, the, the mikvah was locked, except for Arab Shabbos. And Chesidus Brachim had keys. So, your minig is to go every day, so you had a right to go every day. Even if it wasn't your minig, so every Shabbos was brought down, and Shabir talked about going every day, wasn't your minig, you shouldn't be, why are you going to Mikvah? So, he once having a conversation with the Bokhar, and he was like, sort of like upset, like, you know, okay, I want to go to Mikvah, let me go to the Mikvah. Like, what's wrong with going to the Mikvah? It's like a very holy thing to do. So, I told him the following he says, one day Bokhar wakes up and he says, you know, it's nishrik. I need to really make a change. I need to grow. I need to. I need to. He's really seriously contemplating making a real change in his life. So it's a hard moment. Sittering, like, oh my gosh, this guy's really serious. You know, and this, he might, you know, work, work on the hasmada, shmiras hanayim, shmiras haloshim. Real, very important things. It's hard knows that he cannot stop him from change. So you have to you have to mitigate your losses and try and direct them in a direction where this. So he walks over to the to the bacher and he whispers in his ear, mikvah. Bacher says, "Yeah, mikvah." And Yitzchak says, "Ah, oh, Baruch Hashem." <laughs> mikvah is a holy thing, but when you're that's not where you need to put your focus. You need to make real internal change. I first became from, so you know, every goes to this Balchuba thing about, you know, Casitas is this very attractive uh, thing, you know, the, the beauty to it, it ex- externally. So I, I went through Yomtiv to New York, stayed by family of Baba Chasidim, and spent my Pesach uh, in Baba. I came back, I'm becoming a Chasid. So I started growing Pesach. You know. So the two bacharim were like who were, who were older bacharim who were my mashpiyim. One of them is vicious a chassid. He has pays like down to here, you know, like that. Um, he took me to the barber and he cut my pays. <laughs> he says it's much easier to make external changes than to make internal changes. That, that, that's what you're doing. You're not really changing yourself. You're not working on yourself. You're not changing who you are. You're just putting on a new, a new, new suit. That's not change. That's not eternal. That's not working in this. That's not challenging who you are. Where are the areas where you have your challenges and how are you going to change it? What are you going to do? But that's hard. That's, that's really hard. Rabbi Khan has a aura that, uh, has a aura that there's a mitzvah of a, a munah. 
In the midst of a moon, a person to give up his life. At what age is that incumbent upon a person who's 13 years old? So a 13 year old person is, is told by the guy either deny Kajaparabu or he'll kill you. He says, I'd rather be killed. Where does he get the strength to do that? How does he know? How does he know? I mean, the greatest philosophers weren't sure exactly where the Kaddish Baruch exists and you know, what, he, what he, he can demand from us. You know, this turns out to philosophical debate. And we're expecting it from a 13-year-old boy that he has a clarity of understanding to the point that he's willing to be most, he's, he's able to be most nefesh. So Chanan answers uh, famously that the world screams Amuna. So why in the world the world screams Amuna? There are all these people who are Kershvin. He says, because they're Shaykhav. Um, way back in the 1960s, you know, when the, 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 the Big Bang Theory was pretty much was, was finally it was accepted, it came with it was originally met with a certain amount of uh, uh, skepticism. So the, the theories, you know, they, they they came up with ways to test the idea, and they tested it and came out. So it was like '65, whatever it was. So um, New York Times wrote a, had an article. It was called "The Scientist's Worst Nightmare." The science has been scaling the heights of understanding the origin of the universe and what, what everything is about. They finally get to the top of the mountain and they see, sit there and there's a group of monks sitting there and saying, we told you so the whole time. This is the worst nightmare. There's a beginning, there's a duration. So in the, the response to that article, one of the scientists wrote, he says, I had reasons not to believe. It, the reason why we don't believe is because we don't want to believe, because believing means we have to change. And we don't want to change. So therefore, we don't believe. It's a chazah. Chayasa was of the Vedasara. The Mara says that the Vedasara, they want to do a rayas. If you believe in the Torah, you can't do a rayas. The answer is to do a Vedasara, you can do a rayas. So the bottom line wasn't about Azar. The bottom line was the Shaykhav. But there's one Shaykhav, which is, that, that, that's a taiva. There's one Shaykhav, which is not, it's, it's, not, it's almost not even a taiva. It's a taiva of not changing. It's inertia. It's laziness. It's the fear of the unknown. Right? It's the fear of the reaction. I'm going to try a new approach to life. I don't know what it's like. I don't know whether I can handle it. I don't know how people are going to react to it, what my mother's going to say, what my roommate's going to say. Right? Oh my gosh, the guy frumed out. He weirded out. Like, you know, he's like really frumed out. Like, there's, it's uncomfortable. And that's our shaykha. And the Russian says, 
wake up. And Rama says if a person doesn't react with tshuva, it's coming from an axorius. Why Azorius? So Rolbach suggests that the word Azorius is from the word Achzor, only being estranged. When you have Rahmanus, means you're connecting with the individual. And Achzor just disconnects. He makes the other individual unimportant. He disconnects. He says over here the axorius is not necessarily axorius. The disconnect is not. It's, it's a, it's a misunderstanding, misunderstanding of how we relate to a Kaddish Baruch Hu. If you relate to a Kaddish Baruch Hu as this scary being who has these demands of you, right, it's very hard to change. If you relate to a Kaddish Baruch Hu as, as you did, as a source of love, who cares about you and has your best interests in mind? So it's encouraging. I need, he's saying change. It's not coming from like a world of distance. It's coming from a world of care. We don't live in a world where Kosh Baruch Hu is disinterested, Chas Hashem. doesn't care. Why the pain? It's a very hard question. The Rishon cares and he loves us and he wants us to, he really believes that we can be something more than ourselves, what we are now. And he's asking us to change. And yeah, it might look different and it might be scary, but it's running into the arms of the one who loves you. And, but if we sit there and we don't change, because we're, we're, we're coming from the vantage point of, that it's, it's a world of axorius. That the pain makes no difference. That there's not a purpose why the Russian is challenging us. And that's painful. But that's, that's, that's a world where you just feel like you're adrift. I don't know why Kodesh Baruch was doing this. But I do know that he doesn't want us to stay the same. And he cares about us enough, us enough and us, each individual person, the world, that the world has to change. And this is what he's demanding of us. So how do you change? And here's a fascinating idea. Sometimes we change by making a netter or making a, making a Kabbalah. And the Bible must always talk about the idea that it should be something small. Remember when he spoke, he spoke about the others to be something small. The point is not how much you change, the point is that you change, that you really change. But it's a lifestyle of growth. I change a little bit, and I change a little bit more, and I change a little bit more. Right? If my goal is just to make one cabal and that's it, so right now I need Chizuk and coming to Dominic. So I make a Kabbalah, which, which motivates me to come to davening. I, I work on it. I learn the Muslim sermon about it. I tell my friends that I'm, I'm coming to davening, so now I'm embarrassed if I don't come to davening. So I create motivations to help myself. I make, I write in the self rewards if I get a certain amount. I really think of everything I can do 
to facilitate that change. And it works. Ah, Valdez. So there's the power principle. You see you could do it, so let's do it, let's do it again. It's not like you've done it. You see you could do it, so let's do it again. You know, some other person, his problem is uh, that he doesn't, he's uh, not friendly enough, so he works at being more friendly. So you realize that you can actually be more friendly than you thought. So once you've established that, so work in another area. It's a lifestyle. But the starting point is the clarity that it's a Kurdish Borchel doing it. And this is Parsha, the Parsha is we're dealing with, the Parsha of Aromavino. Aromavino was Nisnasa. So we sort of look at it like from the vantage point of the uh, the, the, we have a vantage point. We know, we know the end of the story. Romero didn't know the end of the story while the story was happening. He didn't know that he's not going to be shattering his son. He didn't know what's going to happen when he goes gets there to serve. He didn't know what's going to what's going to be the safe over with Ishmael. He's going to die. Throw him out. Right? He's sick. That's it. He didn't know what's going to happen. He didn't know what's going to happen when he gets thrown into, into, into the Kibshan age. But he did it anyway. The Russian had his Kishwanis. Once Roma did it, the Russian said, okay, the Nisarin is passed. And sometimes the Nisarin is, it doesn't work out the way we want it to, quote unquote. But that's not the point. The point, he had the clarity of doing it because it's the right thing to do. Received this sefer from Ramosha Eisman. Somebody wrote up some of his shmuzim. He has just to quote how he says it: How Ramavino was willing to to give up to Shef Yitzchak. Hashem, you gave me a child in the in the most miraculous way. Now you're, you are asking for him back. Here he is. There's no question. It doesn't make a difference that he is my son. It matters not a whit what people will say. The ruination of my life's work towards abolishing human sacrifice does not concern me in the least. All I have and all I have accomplished is only Hashem acting through me. If he now desires that I undo it all, that is what I will do. And I will do it with the greatest sympathy that is humanly possible. That was a clear of Ramavino that the Russian is, 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 is the source of everything. The Russian gave him a child. The Russian gave him an opportunity to accomplish in a lifetime. Now the Russian is taking it away. What to be in the future? I don't know. That's it. Yitzhak's God is done. But that's the Russian wants. That's what the Russian wants. That is his clarity. I'm not here to serve myself. I'm not here to make a lifetime of accomplishments. I'm here to serve a better 
and I had in the law which told me this is what he wants. So, that's it. Misha says in Avras, there's ten, ten Darvis from Laertal Avraham. The Mishnah says that Avraham was Nisyasa by Sarnishirnas. So the Ruach Chaim, the Chaimaloshim Ishtels, why does it have the word Avinu? That's the third Mishnah. And now in the second Mishnah, there's a certain Darvis from, from Laertal Avraham. It doesn't say Talvram Avinu, it says Avraham. The next mission says there's ten Yisraelis, Shinis Nasa Avram Avinu. He says Avram Avinu and the Yisraelis were there to put into Kal Yisrael this spiritual legacy. He says, you wonder why some person sometimes just Elmanor gets a desire to move there to Israel? Because Avram Avinu passed the test of Lech Bokal. You want to know where Kal Yisrael got the wherewithal, the ability to give up their children a Kedush Hashem? Because Avram Avinu passed the, the, the test of we have his, he's our Avinu. Avram is a person. There's ten dollars from Noach to Abraham. The Nisyarnas are, that's where he's Avinu. We have this clarity. We have this clarity. We have this clarity that the person is a caring, concerned, present who, who, being who runs everything in the world and there's nothing other than him. And he loves us to the nth degree beyond which we can, can't imagine. And if he's saying this is what it's supposed to be, we trust him. And if he's saying that what I want you to change, I want you to jump, and I, it's scary to jump. I don't know what it's going to be like to jump, and I, I don't want, I don't, I'm not sure if I can keep it up, and I don't, it's so scary. Jump. And if we don't, it's because we live in a world which is after. We don't see a Kodesh Baruch hope there, ready to catch us. So I told the person that I'm scared that if you're running to get a gun, you're missing the point. I'm not saying you shouldn't get a gun. I'm saying you should get a gun. He said, that's much more comfortable and much easier than looking inside yourself and why is there anti-Semitism? And what does Russia want us to do about it? And I don't think the Russian created anti-Semitism that we should win self-defense. That's not the purpose of anti-Semitism. There might be something we are supposed to do. But for the first time in America, we're experiencing what generations, generations and generations, generations lived through constantly, whether they were in Europe, whether they were in North Africa. That there was a clarity of, of a message that, you, that Jews are different. And you just, you're not accepted. And you're a Roma Ivri. And he's on the other, other, other side. And that's because the Russian wants to know that we are different. And either we're going to figure it out ourselves that we're different, or the Russian is going to remind us that we're different. And does it mean that people potentially are, could get hurt and be in danger? Yes, it does. 
But the purpose of that concern is not to buy a gun. The purpose is stop living the way you've been living and change, grow. Can I tell you when that happens, all of a sudden the, the, the danger will go away? I'm not telling you. I don't know the Bishop's by now. But I do know that it's a wake-up call. So we have to keep dominating because that's our, we have to have Masulim Chaveiroi. We also have to work on changing. So we have a new Elozma this year. We have a new Yamadin for the people in Arts Israel and for ourselves. There is a new fear which we didn't know existed. We didn't think about such a possibility. And it's waking us up and saying, that's not what Yiddish guys, that's not what Jews are supposed to be. And if we take that out of, we, we grow from it, and we do where we're supposed to, and we jump and we move past the limitations that we think we have or we're scared to do, the Russian's purpose hopefully will be within this guy. And if that's what the purpose was, and it's this guy, that has to be the Seba for Yeshua and for Geula for all of Chayesu. Mm-hmm.